0: Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our very first podcast. My name's Andy. I'm here with Tony. And in this episode, we're going to talk about your most memorable coaching experiences from all around the world. And yeah, I, I know you've got some stories that a lot of people will find interesting to
1: listen to. Yeah, I, I, I've i been really lucky. One of the few places I haven't actually been taught is America. Right. Um haven't been over there to teach and to coach. But... As far as other places go, yeah, really yeah. lucky. From Far East, Africa, Europe, you know, I have been really lucky. And they're, they're all different. They all have different ways and different styles in which their golf develops. Yeah. And they, they are all different, but yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky. So that leads on to
0: my first question for you. Is that out of all of the places that you've that you've been before abroad, which of those was completely different to what you expected before you got there? Ooh. Wow.
1: Um, the biggest difference we expected? Yeah. I, I think probably, probably Bangkok and Thailand. Right. Um, because their expectation of what golf is is completely different to what we, as a European golfer, would expect... Okay. So a, a lot of what they have over there is is completely based as indoor. So the venue that we were at was on the 12th story <laughs> of an apartment block. <laughs> it was literally, they'd taken one floor and turned it to a simulator. Wow. Um, indoor centre, they had something like eight indoor simulators, indoor putting green. Wow. But the, the best part was up on the roof, which was around about the 20th floor. Yeah. It was all caged and netted on the roof and that's where the chipping green and the putting green wow. and the bunker was. <laughs> bunker now, on the roof? Can you imagine standing in a bunker <laughs> playing out of the bunker onto a green and hitting it clean and it whizzing towards the next apartment block? <laughs> that was You've the first thought in my the mind. Net. Yeah, I thought it would be. It you is netted. It a bit heavy it's or netted on roof and it is all, literally thin. all netted. But it was the most incredible thing. But that was the only way that they could create golf wow. in such a built-up area. And they had something like six of these centres around Bangkok. This one company had uh, about six of these centres based all around Bangkok. And a lot of people, the locals, would would learn to play golf and play golf on simulator courses yeah. because they couldn't afford to go and play on the actual golf courses. Wow.
0: See, that, that to me is so weird. we with, with been, you know, brought up in england specifically over here where we have a ridiculous amount of golf courses within a 10 10 mile radius no matter where you are in the country yeah you could just go and you maybe find a practice green or a driving range it's always outside
1: yeah but obviously the 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 issue with because this was literally in the center of bangkok yeah you can't see grass for however many hundred kilometers there is no grass yeah so not only can you not have a golf course, there, there is nothing. You yeah. know, people don't have gardens in this. You know, in the and I'm just about in the space, centre, even yeah. like a driving range. Or yeah. So the, there was two courses, um, and, and I was fortunate to play one of them, and that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Oh really? Yeah. It was different, completely different, because um, we're talking thirty, thirty-three degrees day and day and night. So mm. massive humidity. Um, you go in the indoor centre and it's so cold everything's air you come outside it's, it's boiling hot Yeah, but even in the evenings it, it's still sort of best part of 30 degrees and the golf course that, that we got to play um, they timed our tee off so that we could play the front nine mm. in daylight and then stop and have a sandwich and a drink whilst it was about to go dark <laughs> and as dusk was coming in, as it was going dark you could just hear these really strange wearing noises Mm. in the trees. Yeah. And basically through the trees and up through the top of the trees came these floodlights, (laughs) which then got pinged on to make it almost daylight. Wow. And it was incredible. That has been so
0: weird to see, of just watching the course go dark. And we've all been there on like a night, a twilight round, Mm. playing towards the end that you can't quite see a ball. Yeah. you sort of just in
1: darkness on a golf course.
0: But then for it to just light up,
1: yeah, yeah, it wow. was, and it, it, it's, you know, it's a little bit like if you took um, an Ellen Road or a, a bigger stadium like Deepdale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and and put those footlights on. Imagine playing golf in the mid, on that pitch. It's That's kind of how it is. That the lights are high and they're shining down, mm. so you you get a reflection and, and shadows like you would from sunlight. Yeah. You never glare into the lights; they're all strategically placed, so you're yeah. never looking into a light, like offset. Yeah, and facing away from you down that fairway. Right. So it's it, it's an incredible feeling. It's so strange because you feel like you're playing during the day, mm. but you know it's not. You know it's night, and it's yeah. it's a different kind of light. But at the same time, it's it's different. But it must,
0: it must the, be it must be so satisfying playing in the night because, like, like say when you've been to the driving range at night when you can see the ball flight in the air yeah, it's so much clearer. That must be so nice on a golf course when you hit a really nice shot. Yeah.
1: It's dropping over the flag and you can see it so clear. You can, you, and you can see it clear. It's like you say, when you go to the range and you hit them in the lights and you can see that ball go, mm. it, it's a different kind of light to what the sunlight is because it's lit constantly down the hole. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it was a real experience, but the, the cost of playing out there is so high mm. relative to the locals. Right. Um, that, you know, you get quite a few tourists to go and play, but very few locals can actually afford to go and play it. So, wow. so their perception of golf is, is indoor. So to kind of go back to your question, what what's the biggest difference? Probably that one, really. Wow. Probably that one. That's amazing. It, it, it's an amazing country, and Bangkok as a city was, was incredible. Yeah. Um you're way 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 too young for this. But there was a song way back in the eighties called One Night in Bangkok. Right. Right? Which from a musical and I think it was chess the musical it came from. Anyway, that kind of irrelevant where it's come from. But (laughs) the longest one night sleep Mm. I've ever had was when I went out there and I got offered the chance to go and coach for for two days. Yeah. Um which great brilliant and when i'd done it previously we we'd gone out and i would stay for sort of four or five days have a day there then do a couple of days coaching have another day and then then come home again yeah but this particular one they they'd scheduled it so that it was this particular two days right that i had to be there which was a thursday and a friday yeah okay and i found out on the monday that they'd like me to go so we looked into the flights And basically, I took off from Manchester on Wednesday. Yeah. Slept on the plane overnight. So it was an overnight flight, direct flight, about 14 hours, I think. Wow. Landed on Thursday morning. Yeah. Picked up at the airport. Went to the golf centre. We spent Thursday coaching. Yeah. Thursday night was my night in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Friday... All day Friday coaching, yep, back to the airport, fourteen hour overnight flight back to Manchester, got back to Manchester on Saturday. Wow, so we took off on Wednesday, yep, I got home on Saturday, and I had one night in Bangkok, and yep. on one night's sleep in a hotel, Wow, the other two nights were on plane, so that that was one of the most ridiculous trips I ever did. I'm lucky lucky because I managed to get some sleep. So it didn't yeah. actually affect me and there were night flights. Yeah. But yeah, the the most bizarre feeling to go away on Wednesday, come back Saturday and, and I've make... actually had one night's sleep away from home. Oh wow, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite bizarre really, but yeah, one of those uh, one of those <laughs> trips you don't forget very easily. No. I remember
0: I remember when you went to um was it South Africa and then it might not have been South Africa it went, you you were away for a week or two it was one of the long trips mm. and then the volcano in was it Iceland or Greenland or wherever it was yeah. went off and then that that giant ash cloud got yeah. got caught in the air
1: and you ended up almost stuck over there. I, I was. Uh, I, it, it was hideous. We got stuck in a six-star hotel in Dubai for four days. It was, it was hideous. <laughs> Hated every minute of that's it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, that's another story in itself. Yeah. Because we, um, I mean, the, the, the trip to Cape Town, we'd gone over um, mm. on behalf of a charity um, yeah. to take golf equipment to into the townships, yeah. um, into Kailichi. Um It was just... Probably the, I would say the most humbling trip i would ever done.
0: Yeah. In what
1: in um, what way? We we got taken into the township by a couple of guys that that, that lived there, uh, and we got taken to the school. And as we were driving in, um, they turned around to James and myself and said, "Listen, if the kids come up to you, and start trying to want to just kind of touch your arm or or kind of almost like as though you're not there." Yeah some of these children have only ever seen anyone white as a ghost in something. Wow. So they've never seen anyone of your colour at all. Wow. So it it can possibly freak the kids. Wow. And I have to say, we had one of the warmest, warmest receptions you'd ever have anywhere. They were brilliant. But, But the most humbling bit, and I remember coming home, and saying to you particularly, don't you ever ask me for a new football if yours is a bit scuffed ever again. because the I remember kids, you saying this. As yeah, well, yeah. The kids had a couple of carrier bags with old clothes wrapped in them and then another carrier bag wrapped around it and yeah. a few more to make a football. yeah, And that was their football. Oh, wow. And I remember that. That's always stuck as one of the things. But the school was, and again, you're far too young for this, was was just like a a 1960s, 70s school where there were individual desks with a little pen pot work for like an ink pot thing. Yeah. It it was like going back in time. Wow. But I have never met such happy kids anywhere. Really? Anywhere. And it it was, it was an incredible um, thing to get to do and to spend time with them and to to do a few games with them and and just play with them, you know. Yeah, just introduce them. Just introduce them. Under the sport yeah the, one of the uh the other things while we were there um we went to one of the little sports facilities that they built just outside of the the townships yeah um and as we got there um again as the whole trip, we got such a warm welcome mm. and the gentleman that was taking us round said um please don't worry if everyone here might be a little disappointed or might look at you and and seem slightly downhearted. And so why is that? This Well, the last person from the UK that was here came to open the football pitch and it was David Beckham. <laughs> so no <laughs> expectation of you at all, but you're kind of following well, him. That's a tough one to follow, it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, really. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But, yeah, it was um it was basically what we call the muggers now, mugger pictures. Right. Um so a little bit of everything and we were doing the golfing there with them with the, the, the tri-golf kit at the time. Yeah. Um and it was yeah, good for we got some amazing, amazing photographs from that trip. Um which we'll we'll post on the website yeah. and, and let people see. Yeah. But yeah, it just an incredible, incredible trip. But yeah. yeah, we so we were in Cape Town. Um, as we were flying out there was when the ash cloud happened yeah um, we were stuck there for a couple of days um, we then you were allowed to fly to another country if you had somewhere to stay
0: yeah That wasn't obviously but, affected by uh, yeah
1: so we, we managed to get to, to Dubai because James knew somebody there uh, and the, the only hotel they could get us in was a, a six star Hilton six Hotel six star the, I didn't even right know they existed ah it. Oh, it, was, it was yeah it was fabulous That's, but. Ridiculous! It, it reached that point where you just wanted to get home. Yeah. As if you'd have gone there on holiday, it would have been the most incredible yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, you're there to relax. And but you when you've, you've gone away for three now.
1: days and ten days later you're still there and you're just wanting to get home. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that was it. It was amazing. And James is very, very much an entrepreneur, and he he went to the airport every morning, um, trying to get us on. Any flight, yeah. he tried to get a train home, he tried to do all sorts of things. Yeah. And in the end, he kept bumping into the same people in the mornings. Right. Uh, and in the end, he managed to find four people who were businessmen back in the UK who were really, really eager to get home and had to get home. Right. And he basically chartered a private jet <laughs> paid for by these four people on their trip. Yeah. And he and I then got to come home, yeah. <laughs> so wow. we actually went out first class Emirates, which was just ridiculous. That yeah. was the most incredible thing, and to top that off, we came back on a private jet, <laughs> but still so felt, true, but still felt so guilty having come away from what we'd seen. Yeah, oh god, yeah, I bet. So it was, it was a strange trip because it it was, it was so fulfilling in lots of ways. Yeah, but humbling. And also made you realise that actually, you know, what what yeah. we have and what we do and, and how we are is yeah. it's not before. driven by, you know, the the, the materialistic things. No. It's driven by how happy you are as a family and yeah. you know, that's something that's always stuck really. Yeah. Always stuck. Wow.
0: Did you ever picture that you you'd do stuff like that when you first started?
1: In golf, in no, terms of, like... I, All I wanted to do was teach, yeah. and still do. You know, it, I I knew from being really young that I was never going to be good enough to play on tour. Right. I I was a good golfer, and you know, I had a I, I had a good golf game, mm. but nothing like good enough. And back then, you know, you, you could get away with being pretty decent. Yeah. Now you've got to be exceptional. Yeah. You know, it's moved again, but. Yeah. You know, I was never going to be good enough, but I always enjoyed the teaching side from the very first day. So, you know, I've always gone down the coaching route. So, you know, I always wanted to teach. Um, When I was at school, I did German and French, um, all levels. You won't remember them. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With a, a, a complete expectation that I would go abroad and teach. Right um never taught in france never taught in germany really yeah yeah wow out of all the places it- you've been italy as well. czech republic you name it but but not, not- France or germany <laughs> 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 that's a lie i've been to germany i did do a little bit of coaching with some of the pros there but i, I don't class that as as i say yeah. but yeah but you know in my head from from day one i wanted to teach i wanted yeah. to coach yeah and, and as I say, I still do. You know, I, somebody said the other day about you know, oh, you know, would you retire? Would you retire? It's like mm, I don't think I could. No, I could slow down. Yeah, but I don't think I could stop teaching because yeah. it's such a part. You of miss me. Miss it so much. Well, it's it'll be what forty years this year. Wow, since I started teaching, you still enjoy it. I oh, as minute, much as every you minute of every day when I you first started. I still enjoy it as much now as I did, and it it's that that light bulb moment when you whoever you're teaching when you're coaching and, and it's when just that second where you can see they get it mm. something clicks and, yeah. and that that little tip or that little thought it resonates works. with you and it, it is like seeing a light bulb go on it, it's it's incredible and mm. you know that's what you, every lesson you give that's what you're kind of striving for is to yeah. to find that little spark that just gives somebody that that, yeah. Yes, I've got it now. Yeah. I know what I'm trying to do now. They yeah. might not do it straight away, as, as we, no. we all know, but yeah. it, it's, it is that, that little light bulb moment. Mm. I think that's part of what's
0: drawn me to it as well over time. Obviously, I love golf. It's, it's a beautiful game. And I've come more into it than older I've got. But I remember being little and, and watching you teach and even recently over the last few years watching you teach again in terms of training for me mm. but i i love watching people's reaction to mm. to your coaching and, and going is it really that simple <laughs> just one little tip after all that yeah. and it is it's really satisfying even even for me just spectating mm. it's really satisfying yeah um, watching people light up because they do I you get one little piece of advice where you break it down and you, you make it simple and they hit a shot and it goes straight mm. and you almost see it in their face and yeah. their body and the reaction and go whoa yeah. that's it's like that works
1: it's a light bulb it, it is like a bulb going and on and then
0: they hit the next one and the same result mm. and the next one and the same result and they go oh my god why didn't I come here <laughs> Years ago <laughs> and I love that reaction. I think that's part of what 's drawn me in is because i i'd like
1: that as well I, I th- yeah and I th- it, it's that it's that thing of it's not you it's it's you and someone else you know it's doing it yourself is one thing, mm. but actually when you see someone else do it, the pleasure and that that instant hit that they get yeah you get the same yeah you know I, I i get messages from people go oh guess what guess what i've done this today or guess mm. what i've done that and it's so nice it's because so rewarding you, it, yeah exactly because you I, I feel good for it but you know they're gonna feel 10 times that for it yeah. and that's what's so nice and it can yeah. be any sport oh no, yeah of course yeah can, you know if if you're a coach and you see that happen it's mm. it is so rewarding yeah so rewarding that's nice